Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Central Youth Podcast. We exist to help students find and follow Jesus. Today you're listening to a message from our weekly Tuesday night gathering. We pray that it encourages your heart, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Welcome to Central Youth. My name is Michael, the youth pastor here. Super awesome to be here with you guys. We're going to get right into the message, all right? We got some fun things planned for you guys. But first, we need to talk about this, okay? And so we started a series called Jesus Is. How many of you guys have been here for that? Well, we started this based off of this premise, this question that is found in Matthew 16, where Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? It's a question that we all have to ask at some points, right? Who is Jesus to me? What is his purpose in my life? Why do I need Jesus to be saved? Tons of questions we could ask, right? But to ourselves, we all get this definition of who Jesus is by our experiences, by the way that we've seen other people love Jesus, and by all kinds of things, right? We all have come to a conclusion of who Jesus is, and it's only going to grow as we get older, but we come to a conclusion based on our experiences, based on life in general. And I made the question to you guys, who do you say that Jesus is? And you guys had a lot of great answers, things like, Jesus is the light, Jesus is my redeemer, Jesus is my guider, Jesus is... All these things, right? And there's a few that stuck out to me, so we're going to dive into what those look like a little bit. Kind of a, an interesting conversation, maybe more of a teaching of how we come to these conclusions, and they come in different ways. And so today we're going to look at one that you guys said, of Jesus is my friend. And so when you think of that, Jesus is my friend. We all have friends to some capacity, right? People that we enjoy in our lives, people that we want to invite to our birthday parties because they're going to get us what we want because they like what we like. And they are just people we love. And honestly, some of these friendships just are seasons. Friends in elementary school, junior high, high school, our friendships change. But we'll also have people that we love and who are a part of our lives forever. Maybe they'll be the best man in your wedding. Maybe they'll be there for a lot of good celebrations, a lot of times that you want them to be there for, whether it's your baptism this week, right? People are getting baptized. Invite your friends. It's an important part of our lives, and there are friends that will be our friends forever. If I'm being honest with you guys, uh, I graduated high school a long time ago before some of you guys were even born, okay? And the reality of that is some of those friends that I had in high school aren't my friends anymore. They're awesome. It's, it's not like I hate them. It's not like I have anything against them. But they're just not really in my life. And so we'll have some friends that we're friends with forever. But in the same manner, we'll probably have some friends who have hurt us, who've said things that are mean, who've, who've, who've hurt us with their words, or even maybe even physically, or friends who've betrayed us. And while our friendships to each other and even to the Lord is not perfect, His friendship to us is. When you think of the word friendship, you got to think of context, okay? 
We all have definitions of what good friends are. Who are people we enjoy, people we love being around. Close friends, they knew all his secrets. They knew all the plans that he was going to execute. They knew all the commands he was going to make. They knew all his war plans. Whatever you think of a king to do, they knew those things beforehand. But there's something that was so significant about how close of friends they were to him. That even though they were his friends, that even though they knew before everybody else, that they were still obligated to obey his commands. In that same mindset, we can look at our lives with Jesus. If Jesus is our friend, if Jesus is my friend, how do we come to that conclusion? He lets us in on the secrets, right? The mysteries of the gospel are revealed to us through him by doing life with him, investing in him, investigating who he is to us. And that's an awesome thing. And so friendship with Jesus is so awesome. That, that my friendship with Jesus has led me to understand three things about my friendship with the world. Friendship with people, friendship with anyone who I would invite into my life. Uh, these are three characteristics that I see in Jesus that I want everyone to have. That I know it's, it's, it's what makes a good friend. But first we need to know the opposite of being a friend of God, okay? Which is being a friend of the world. This means that we have enmity with God. James 4, 1 through 4 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Do they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Wow. This obviously makes them angry, right? You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So how do we know if that is enmity of God in our life? Well, the number one thing that comes between our friendship with God is loving anything else more than God. It's a really simple definition. It's when we choose to spend more time on our computers, with our buddies, with, with things that uh, we love more than Jesus. Which, if we're being honest, there's seasons of a lot of those things. Seasons where we'd rather read this book than read the Bible. We'd rather spend time with our friend than spend time with God. We'd rather spend, be with our family than be engaged with what family looks like. And so when I look at the life of Jesus and I think of my life with Jesus, these are three things that I see, three qualities of a good friendship that we ought to keep for ourselves, but we also must ask of others if they're going to be invited into our lives. Because you can see Jesus being this same thing to the disciples in the midst of his friendship with them, to us, to the world. Jesus is consistent in his friendship. And so we're going to take a look at those three things really quickly. And so the first thing is, the first good quality of a friend, these are three things that I say that my commitment to my friends are, is the first one is being encouraging. Nobody likes a negative Nancy. No one likes a pity 
party, right? No one likes people coming to the place where all they bring is discouragement. They say, hey, you suck. I know, I know, I know. We all do that. We kid around. When wits are buds, it's okay. But in the midst of the, the core of our friendships, the core of who we are, the core of who Jesus is, encouragement is something we ought to hold on to. Hebrews 10, 23, 25 says this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some in the habit of our doing. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I love this. What he's saying is to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So how do you know that it's encouraging? Man, it makes you feel different. You guys might remember we've done moments here when people have called out the gold in one another. And that is a good moment. That's a great thing. It's nice to feel the weight of what other people think of you. Spur each other on. That means investing in friendships that bring you closer to God. So how do you know that it's good? Well, the Bible says multiple times, and God said it was good. God said it was good, and this is good. There's so many aspects of goodness. And if it is good, it typically leads us closer to God. So you might be wondering what things are bad. Discouragement. People who say you can never do it. It'll never be done. You're unable to. Haven't you looked at your family? You guys are too far gone. No one in your family is ever going to college. You can't do it. Oh, you're terrible at reading. You'll never get into a good school. You'll never be able to get one of those jobs. That is not encouragement. Encouragement says, man, hey, I see how God created you. I see your worth. I see your value. And so let's go after that. We need friends who are encouraging. We need people in our life who push us closer to God, not push us further from him. Hey, man, don't go to youth group because we can go do this. It'd be way more fun. I'll tell you, fun's not going to get you into heaven. Hey, man, don't, don't, don't show up to, why are you serving other people? They don't even like you. Serving the world, yes, may be different, but serving is the heart of God. And so friends who encourage you will say, man, I love, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. I love that God has used you as, as a servant. I love that God uses you to invest in other people. Because a good friendship is encouraging, one that spurs each other towards love and good deeds. The second one is a friend who challenges you. Man, this is a tough one, right? Because a lot of us don't like criticism. No one wants to be told that you're doing something wrong. No one wants to be um, the guy who gets it all wrong and your friend says, bro, you're freaking blowing it. Get it together. Get your act together, right? No one loves being called out. But a good friend will call you out, but they'll call you out with gentleness. They'll call you out in a way that brings glory and a way that upgrades your life, a way that brings you closer to Jesus, a way that says, hey, man, I've seen your worth. I've seen your value. And because of it, I want to call you to a greater standard. Uh, the other day I was. I seen something someone posted online. And it's someone that I care about, someone that I uh, adore. And so they said something that was pretty crazy, and I was just kind of like, 
hey, I think you should take that down. People look up to you as a leader, and if you're going to lead well, that's probably not what you should be doing. And it was with gentleness. It wasn't like, hey, you screwed up, da-da-da-da-da, right? You don't come in with, with like rash thinking or, or just saying, hey, get your act together. You are not worthy of being a leader because leaders don't talk like that. No, it was like, hey, man, people look up to you. And w- when we come with gentleness, it usually comes out of a place of honor. And the Bible says in Galatians 6.1, it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. You see, you need friends who challenge you to upgrade in life. You need friends who challenge you to do better. Friends who who challenge you to understand what truth is. Not friends who just say, hey man, it's fine. Other people do it. Because if you live your life based on what others do, or if you amount your success to what others do, You'll live a whole life thinking that the greatest challenge is to, to adhere to people, to please people, to bring glory to people so that people would be satisfied. But a real friend's going to challenge you to always bring glory to God. And the last thing I would say is a friend that pushes you closer to your dreams. Now, these aren't the only characteristics. Get me wrong. There's many characteristics you can dive into. But these are three things that I say, man, at the very minimum of who I am this is what I want to do and so pushes you closer to your dreams the Bible says in Galatians 6 2 carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ and what I think of that burdens always seem like a thing that like is too hard to bear right like we don't want to bear someone's burdens that's awkward I don't I don't I don't want to deal with that it seems like something that doesn't seem too good But I'm going to share a quick story with you guys. Over my life, I I always had this desire to change the world. And it may look different to each person. But anytime someone would say, hey, Michael, what do you want to do with your life? I'd say, hey, I want to change the world. And people would just laugh. They would always be like, no, really, what do you want to do? And I kind of look at them and be like, no, really, that's what I want to do. And I remember having this moment where my good friend... Brandon, he was asking me these kinds of questions, and he was like, hey, bro, like, what's something that you wish you could do? And I was like, I know it sounds cliche, like, <clears throat> I know I know it's like a dream that maybe a lot of people have, but I'd really like to change the world. And he looked at me, and he said, hey, well, how do we do that? It was an interesting moment for me to think of. It was an interesting reality because what Brandon didn't say, he didn't say, hey, that's cool. He didn't say, hey, how are you going to do that? He didn't say, hey, you know, many people have tried. Hey, like, oh, man, why don't you start smaller, maybe with a smaller dream? No, what he said is, how do we do that? He included himself in my dream. And there's a difference between a friend who says, oh, yeah, you can to a friend who says, oh, how do we? Because that person means they're invested. That person means that they want what you want, that they desire what you desire, that they're going to go at all costs to make sure that happens. A friend who pushes you closer to your dreams.
regardless if it makes sense. If it's a God dream, then we got to invest in our friends in a way that pushes them closer to those dreams. And that's what Brandon did. And so my question to you guys, my, as we sit here and think about this reality, I'm not asking you guys to leave your friends. I'm not saying, hey, don't be friends of people who are sinners. But what I am saying is when you draw close to these things, a friend who encourages you, a friend that challenges you, a friend that pushes you closer to your dreams, you then will do the same in every area of your friendships. To those who don't know Jesus, to those who do, you'll live a life worthy of the gospel. You'll live a life worthy of community. So my question to you, is how have you been in these areas of your life? How can you upgrade? How can you get a better understanding of this? And think about it. We all have come to a conclusion that Jesus is my friend because we can see that he's encouraging. We can see that he challenges us to be better. We can see that he pushes us close to our dreams. But we've all had friends who've done that as well. People who've invested in us, leaders, pastors, teachers, friends. Who is a friend that you think looks like Jesus? Someone who lets you see these and understand these to a new capacity. See, if Jesus is our friend, then this is the minimum expectation of a friendship. This is what we ought to strive after. This is what we ought to see. This is what we ought to do in order to understand the truth of friendship. And here's what I believe will happen. As we dive closer to friendship, as we dive closer into who Jesus is, we will be people who encourage better than ever. We'll be people who carry burdens and challenge one another better than ever. We'll be people who push our friends closer to their dreams. And the result of it will be us falling more in love with Jesus as he extends his faithfulness in our friendships to each other and our friendships to him and our friendships to our community. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. To get more information about Central Youth, head over to centralsj.org. Click the connect button and check out the youth page.